At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Are you interested in black and white photography? We recently created a mini course for anyone who wants to take amazing black and white photographs both indoors and outdoors. It's essentially a crash course made up of 11 lessons that will introduce you to the genre, inspire you to try new things, and help you take amazing photographs, all within a short period of time. The current price is $19. We'll increase the price on January 1st, so make sure to take advantage of this amazing deal right now. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. I look forward to helping you take your black and white photography skills to the next level. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with celebrity portrait photographer Jesse Ditmar. Jesse has a very impressive portfolio and a very interesting story to share. We talk about his success, what it was like working as a photo assistant, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Jesse. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. I really, really, really appreciate it. Excited to talk to you. Uh, my name is Jesse Dittmar. I am a celebrity portrait photographer uh, based out of Brooklyn, New York. And I've been photographing some of the most notable people uh, in the world for the past few years for a bunch of different clients like the New York Times, Washington Post, the LA Times. Uh, my work has been published in Vanity Fair and Time and every major magazine and newspaper that there is and um, doing what I love to do. How cool is it to call yourself a celebrity portrait photographer? It's, uh, it's exciting. That's for sure. Absolutely. I read in an interview that you feel nervous before your shoots, but then once you're in the shoot, you're focused and you know exactly what to do. I think that takes a lot of skill and patience and time. 
yes, it's it's absolutely a product of of rep, of, of reps uh, and a product of uh, preparation and uh, and practice and skill and all of the things that you need to do to be able to master a craft and have it kind of be second nature. Absolutely. And we'll talk about your journey a little later in this episode, but I first want to focus on the technical aspect of things because I'm sure that a lot of the listeners would like to know what camera equipment you use. So what's your gear? For sure. My gear, I use a lot of different gear uh, depending on depending on what the what the photo shoot is and what the problems we're trying to solve. But my my primary kit includes the Canon. I just got the new Canon R5 actually, so I don't have uh, I'm still I'm still assessing assessing that camera the R5, but I like it so far, uh, and and I'm using a 24 to 70 lens on it. I have a I have a uh, a 50 millimeter uh, fixed fixed as well prime. Uh, but then I also love using my my vintage Hasselblad from the from the 60s, a 500C with either an 80, 80 mil or 120 mil lens on it. And I'm shooting a film on that, capturing a lot of my subjects on film. Uh, then for lighting, um, I'm using Profoto primarily for flash and I'm using some continuous NAN lights and uh, the NAN light Forza series, uh, which I'm really happy with. And then I'm using all different kinds of light modifiers and grip and, and everything. But that, that's the main equipment. Great equipment. You mentioned that you have a Hasselblad and you also shoot on film sometimes. I know that some of your photo shoots tend to be quite short because mm-hmm. celebrities don't have a lot of time uh, to mm-hmm. shoot. And so for those shoots, do you ever use film? Often. I often use film for those shoots. Um, I'm, I'm only shooting a roll or two, uh, but you know, film is my film is my personal project. Film is my aesthetic love so i am absolutely making it a priority to shoot film of of any of the notable people that i'm photographing that's incredible and there's beauty in limiting yourself right especially if you're limited on time you're limited you said you only use a few rolls of film so there's something to that i think absolutely absolutely it makes you slow down it's not uh it's not rapid fire it's uh, a little bit more it's a little bit more mental, a little bit more thought process, uh, a little more quiet. Yeah, that's definitely important in a photographer's journey. And speaking of journeys, you worked as a photo assistant for five years. And I read mostly in your interviews about your life after your job as a photo assistant. I'm curious about your life before becoming a photo assistant. How did you get to that job? What inspired you? Were you always into photography? Let me know. Uh, yeah, I, well, my life before photo assistant, I mean, before photo assisting, I was, I was a, I was a student photographer and I was just infatuated with the medium and, uh, I was, I was definitely focusing on portraits and I was focusing on the ability to take portraits of people. And I was a student of the masters of portraiture uh, and you know alive and and deceased Annie Leibovitz Avedon Irving Penn uh, are, are probably my top three influences and people that I was studying you worked as a photo assistant for five years and in many of your interviews you talk about your life after that job after you quit that job 
but I'm curious to know about your life before you became a photo assistant. How did that come about and were you always into photography? Yes, yeah, so my life before photo assisting was, I was a student photographer uh, in high school and, and early college. I was infatuated with the medium. I was uh, really focused on taking pictures, taking portraits, uh, understanding this, this craft, understanding the mechanism, uh, working in a dark room and studying other master photographers and understanding what their work was. Some of my biggest influences, Annie Leibovitz and, uh, and Martin Scholler and Avedon and Irving Penn. And so I, I knew that I was aware of how I was taking pictures, but I also knew that there was a level of picture taking that I was unaware of. And I was just super, super curious uh, about the how. How does it? How does it work? How does it get done? How How are these pictures being made that I'm seeing in these magazines and in these advertisements? Uh, I just I was just really curious, and so I just I just did everything I could to try to, assist, to get on set. Uh, I remember being on set as an extra uh, early on in some corporate shoot. I remember being a just horrific intern or photo assistant on a couple sets. I remember going and meeting some weird people in some weird places and just kind of trying to get as much exposure to how, how the business and how a photo shoot operates. And finally, I, I got the opportunity to intern this really great photographer, Ben Baker, when I was 19 or 20, maybe. And, uh, and that, that was really that was really when things started to click from an assisting perspective. And I was really getting a lot of exposure to sets that I knew were going to be like the sets that I was hoping to run when I was a professional. That's a really interesting journey that you had initially. And it's quite uplifting to know because oftentimes if you live in a big city, you feel like you will have access to all these opportunities. But in reality, you sometimes have to meet, meet weird people in weird places. And that's <laughs> I met some really weird photographers in some weird places, but I would, I would, uh, I would say I would go for any opportunity. I was emailing and calling and trying to just talk to any photographer. I, I was, uh, I was just really trying to get as much exposure to professionals as possible until until I kind of found the niche of people that were were obviously doing what what I wanted to do. And then you quit your job after a few years of assisting because you felt that you had learned enough and there was nothing new for you to learn as a, an assistant, right? That is definitely one way to put it. I'm sure I could have learned more as an assistant. Uh, you know, there's always, but but I felt like I, I felt like I understood the journey and that I had finished my journey as an assistant. Uh, I, I felt that any further to go as an assistant would be at the detriment of the ability for me to be a photographer. Uh, so I decided at that time to, to just stop. I understand. Yeah. I think you, you, everyone reaches a point in their lives where they feel like they've not necessarily maybe learned enough, but they feel like they need to explore something different, something new. So I'm sure it was exciting for you, but then you said that you were unemployed for 14 months of your internet. I can imagine that was incredibly difficult for you. What kept you going through those months and what did you do when you felt really discouraged? 
it was hard. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was, there was, I listen, I'm, I'm a very privileged person. I have a huge safety net at my disposal. Um, I was, I was very lucky to be born into an affluent, loving family with, and at the time when I quit, quit um, being a photo assistant, I had my, my long-term girlfriend who has become my wife, uh, who was extremely supportive of what I was doing. So, so even though it was really hard, I, I had a lot of support, but that being said, uh, yeah, it was really difficult. You know, you quit photo assisting because you think that, that you're going to have the opportunity to start shooting pretty, pretty immediately. I mean, part of the reasons why I stopped photo assisting is because I was getting some small opportunities as a shooter. And so I felt like it was time to just brand myself as a shooter and, and move away from the idea that people think I photo assist. Uh, but it turns out that transition takes a lot longer than you're expecting. And so, so it was tough. I mean, there was definitely, it was, I, I was always, I always said to myself when I wanted to be a photographer that I was prepared to be poor in in case I wasn't working and that was definitely one of those moments where it was stressful and I was working really hard but I was very poor <laughs> and uh and I was uh it was a t- it was tough it was tough because but but I mean your your question was what kept me going I mean I just I just knew what I wanted to do I was so I was so focused and driven on doing what I do now that I, I didn't stay on I didn't stay unemployed long enough to quit, uh, to quit the desire to become a photographer. Um, I definitely came close. You know, I think it was a close call. I think by the time I started getting work, I was getting close to the end of the rope, but I, I got swooped up and got lucky after a lot of hard work and a lot of meetings. And eventually I got a break and I capitalized on it and all of a sudden I was very much a working professional photographer. That's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing to think when you look back on difficulties, oftentimes you find that you were so close to giving up in different situations, but because you persevered a little bit more, uh, you were able to reach some certain level of success. So it's amazing how much uh, perseverance plays a part in this. Uh, Perseverance is huge. It's one of the major, it's one of the, the key elements to success unquestionably even now as a photographer who has a who has an established career perseverance is is of the utmost importance so exactly. it never stops being important exactly yeah. you, you're making a good point here because uh i used to think when i was a beginner that once i reached a certain level of success as a photographer once i had a steady flow of clients i would not need to try anymore i would just get <laughs> and do whatever it's so wrong <laughs> definitely not uh, a good mindset to have, let's say. Yeah, it's well. It, I mean, you'll quickly learn what that mindset gets you, which is not progress, and eventually, eventually, reversal of all of the effort that you've put in previously. So, um, but anyways, uh, perseverance is is yeah. I still I still have to have. It's the hardest thing to to keep. Um, it's the most exhausting thing to do is to persevere. And, and if you don't, then yeah, your career will stall no matter where you are in it. Exactly. Yes. 
photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. And you said earlier that you had a safety net, and even with that safety net, you still felt insecure and afraid. So for anyone who's listening, let's say that they have a full-time job that is not related to photography, and they want to quit and become professional photographers. Given your experience with all of this, do you think it's a good idea to quit cold turkey? I think it really depends on your personal situation. I think that uh, two things can be true at the same time, which is that someone you need you need to have the ability to make a living and to and to support yourself in whatever capacity is necessary. And I also think that unless you're willing to give a profession like photography your 100% attention and the perseverance that we talked about it's very unlikely that you're going to be successful unless you're able to do that so i uh, i can't tell people i wouldn't tell people to quit their jobs and become a photographer i i would say that to give yourself the best chance to become a photographer you need to be able to give all of yourself to it and or as much as possible so um i know that's not a really specific yes or no answer it's just it's just i see anyone in the arts anyone in the anyone in any profession to be honest uh if you're not if you're not completely dedicated it's hard it's hard to become successful it's hard to it's hard to get a break um we agree with you yeah definitely Mm-hmm. Yes, sorry, go ahead. I've seen, I've seen, I mean, in my industry specifically, I've, I've absolutely seen, I, there was, there was a moment when I was shooting and assisting, you know, I think there was, a, I wasn't shooting regularly, but there was a moment where I was getting hired as a photographer and I was also getting hired as an assistant. Um, but I don't think that you have the ability to get to where I have gotten without saying you are you are without being able to say you are a photographer and when someone asks you what you do you say i'm a photographer that's how i make my living or that's what i do and uh even if that's not necessarily true even if your living is non-existent (laughs) the ability to, to say that's what you do and that's what you spend your time doing uh you know when i when i quit assisting i had a nest egg from assisting, you know, if you're a good assistant, you can make good money and, and you can, if you're smart, you can not spend that much of it uh, because you're often on set and there's not like a lot of time to spend your money on other things. So 
uh, when I quit assisting, I was looking for little odd jobs to make some some extra cash here or there. But I, I was sitting down at my desk from eight in the morning until seven at night, working on being a photographer, like working on trying to get work as a photographer, work going out and shooting, coming back and editing, like arranging test photo shoots, reaching out to clients, going on meetings. I, I wasn't it wasn't like I quit assisting and and then kind of got some other job or, or did nothing. I, I was working on, I was working as a photographer, but I just wasn't making any money. So uh, that that's the kind of dedication it took for me. And then 14 months of that really, or however long it was, it might, I don't, it was maybe longer than that. Uh, it took over a year of that almost two before I had the opportunity to actually start making money as a photographer. So, um, Anyone who has a full-time job, it's like, you know, yeah, can you be can you be unemployed for over a year is the question. Yeah, that's a really important question to ask yourself for sure. Yeah. And that's that's if you're lucky. I mean, like that's if you're lucky like me, mm-hmm. who where I got the opportunity and then I was able to parlay that into basically a career. Uh you, you know it doesn't happen for so many people there's so few people that do what i do there's it's it's such a small group of people uh so so you not only have to be dedicated you not only have to be you know not not only have to have the work ethic and the perseverance but then you also have to be lucky and uh and you have to ask yourself what happens what happens if i'm not uh so it's a it's a risk and it's a leap uh but for me it was never really an option i was always I was, it was what I was going to do until I, until failure presented itself as bluntly obvious. And I, I'm very lucky I never got to that point. Yeah, it's incredible. It's a great story. And again, great example of perseverance, which I think is the main theme of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clear that you're passionate about what you do on your website. It says that your aim is to capture the subject so naturally that it feels as though you are standing right in front of them. I think that's quite difficult to achieve. And I know that you have your own techniques uh, as in connecting with your models and speaking with them beforehand. But is there anything you do on a technical level to achieve this as well? Yeah, technically, I think it's really difficult to make everything technically feel seamless and feel, feel invisible. I, I, my, all of my technical, all of my, my technical choices are, are, are lending itself towards that theme of, of it feeling like you've known this person and that you're sitting in front of them. Uh, so how do I do that technically? I mean, my aesthetic is a very purposeful choice of, of typically black and white and typically close. And, uh, and with the Hasselblad, you're usually getting a, a pretty shallow depth of field because that's the way our eyes see is a shallow depth of field. Uh, we're not used to seeing everything in focus at once. And I and I technically use the kinds of light modifiers I use because it feels like the way that you see someone, the way that your eyes see someone, and and our eyes are are trained to make things less contrasty and to to, to pick up as much detail in someone's face as possible. Uh, so I try to light with a nice even tone over people's faces and try to make it feel as much of the 
natural, chemical, optical, mathematic process that's going on in our brain. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not typically using a lot of contrast. I'm not typically hiding people's faces uh, because when you're sitting in front of someone, even if you're sitting in front of someone in, in harsh lighting, your your brain wants to see that person, and and it will it will do its best to render that person in, in as much detail as possible. Uh, and but at the same time, you're talking about a memory of a person too. You know, you're talking about this feeling that you get when you're thinking back to sitting in front of someone, and that's that's not hyper detailed. It's also a little fuzzy. So uh, that's why I like grain because I think that knowing someone isn't, is in the process of knowing them hyper-realistically. Uh, so I'm trying to match what our brains do from a memory perspective and a physiological perspective uh, when we're seeing someone and we're remembering seeing someone and we're getting the feeling of being in front of someone uh, and trying to mimic that through the, the technical aspects of, of the camera, of the film, of the, of the post-production. And, and this is what I've come up with. Wow, that's so interesting. This is the first time that I hear about this kind of approach, this very realistic, very, you know, you're equally emotional about this, but also technical. So I think to approach a subject this way from both sides is, is very, Impressive. <laughs> well, I, I I'm I'm really interested in the in the technical aspects of photography. hundred percent. It's it's hard to become a photographer and not be booed and odd and and a little spellbound by the process of photography and and the idea of having a vision in your brain and being able to render that into a piece of art. So I was always, that's what the, my initial love of photography was, was like, oh my gosh, how do you make, how do you make stuff like this? How do you, how do you do this? And as I learned more and more about uh, vision and optics and, uh, and lighting and, and noticed more just walking around through the eyes of someone who, who has more knowledge on that stuff, uh, it, it just became much more obvious to me how I want to shoot and how I want to use these tools in order to get the look that I have created. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is like second nature for you by now because you have so much experience as a photographer, but still, if you are shooting with a time limit, like you do very often with celebrities, how do you manage to take a wide variety of photos uh, that appeal to you and also look good? It's also, it's also, it's all about preparation. Um, it's, it's being prepared. Uh, it's having a game plan. It's being aware of your surroundings and what's happening in front of you. Um, it's it's having the experience to and the and the reps um, to be able to accomplish and the skill set to be able to accomplish what you're what you're going out to do. Uh, so it's it's nothing secret. It's uh, it's really it's just really a product of hard work and preparation and skill set and desire. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And you work with a team of people that you trust as well. Yeah, but even when I'm working alone, I usually get uh, I usually get multiple scenarios. I, I mean, the ability to work fast does take there are more. I guess there are some specific elements that allow that to happen, which 
it's having a crew that's that's great and knowledgeable and being able to move with you and 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 make adjustments as you move having enough equipment to accomplish the different setups that you want to accomplish quickly um, being able to put up two backdrops at once or three or whatever being able to to not have to necessarily move lights from one scenario to another but have them already set up um or have your scenarios if you're shooting natural just like being able to get these moments without having a ton of setup time in between while the subject is moving with you um and having those places all nearby each other like there's a, there are a bit of things like there are things like that that are necessary but but to me that all gets wrapped up into kind of preparation and all the things i was talking about before Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting. Preparation is definitely important, so especially if you're short on time. If you have everything prepared, then it's just going to be easier, a much smoother experience. Yeah, I mean, you can't. The, the more time I have to prepare, the less time I kind of need with someone to get great pictures. Uh, but it all depends on the scope of what you're trying to do. Uh, you know, everything's a bit of a puzzle, a bit of a math problem in, in this regard. And it's it's about trying to set yourself up for taking at least one great photo. Really, for sure. In one of your past interviews, you said that your photo shoot with the comedian John Oliver was one of your personal favorites. Is there another photo shoot that really inspired and delighted you? Yeah, I, I cop out on this on this question quite a bit because I I, I, I honestly find every single photo shoot that i do to be extremely stimulating and delighting <laughs> delightful <laughs> um it, it's if i if i didn't then i i honestly would probably not do this job it's truly like every single shoot is so different and the people are so different and i, I learn a lot on every shoot but i mean a shoot recently that i thought was extremely moving and important with my my photo shoot of michael k williams the late actor from the wire uh i photographed him in his house uh a couple i think like only a week or two before he passed away um so that was in hindsight quite i thought the pictures were fantastic when i when we when we took them i, I knew i had something really great i knew it was a shoot that i was going to be really proud of walking away from it but then the events that transpired afterwards of him tragically passing away too too early really put a new new light on them because it was his last photo shoot uh and so so that one's super special and it's super special to a lot of people i i think that part of what i love about having this opportunity to be a photographer is being able to take pictures that mean something to people to other people and that shot that shoot and shot meant a lot to a lot of people. So, so that always makes me makes me proud and happy. That's really touching, and it's great that you had this opportunity to shoot with him. And I'm, you're right. I mean, it's gratifying to share your pictures with people and to know that they feel something when they look at them, whether it's positive or hopefully it's positive. Um, hmm. So, just to have that connection and directly with people, I think it's it's an incredible uh, privilege that we have as photographers. Absolutely. When, I mean, the, the nature of celebrity photo shoots is quite different to like a normal portrait photo shoot where you order your model around and you have a lot of time. 
maybe I'm wrong, but do you have a different approach in the sense that do you talk about the theme of your photo shoot with a celebrity beforehand or, or do you just go with the flow? How does it work? Uh, yes. So do I handle celebrity photo shoots different than non-celebrity photo shoots? The, the answer is not really. I, I, I find that the best way to get celebrities to feel connected and feel normal and feel natural and feel like they know me is to talk to them like they're real people, which they are, and to, to not treat them any differently than I would treat you if I photographed you. Uh, so do I, ask, do I tell them what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to get out of the photo shoot? Yeah, yeah, I tell them like what the, what the game plan is, like, oh, I want you to be here and then we're going to try over here and we're going to do this and, and we're going to do this and that. And I tell them kind of like what my ideas are as far as where I want them to be. Uh, but, but then I'm just talking to them like a person and, uh, and going with the flow, I guess, and trying to connect with them and by doing that getting different reactions different emotions different visuals out of them a variety and so i can then in the edit pick, pick what i felt like is the is the most poignant and most connected mm -hmm. i can't speak for celebrities obviously but i'm assuming that nobody would want to feel or most people wouldn't want to feel like they're you know, this someone who's getting super special treatment and everyone's being careful around them, especially during a shoot. So I appreciate what you do because, as you said, they're also humans. They don't feel secure in front of the camera all the time. I'm sure of that. And they'll feel more comfortable when they can actually connect with the photographer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I often find myself connecting with the person and enjoying it. And, and if they're a willing participant, then they, then they do the same. And they end up having a good time and making really great pictures. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I'm sure you're very happy to have these experiences and to learn from all these different kinds of people and to get great pictures that end up touching people around the world. I mean, it's, a, it's full circle. It's amazing. Yeah, it's living the dream. Absolutely. I mean, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do since I was 16. So it, it's, it's remarkable. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's definitely remarkable. I'm sure the listeners are interested in finding out more about you. So where can they find you if they want to see your work? The best, the best place to follow me for new work is on Instagram. I, I just see Dipmar and, you know, I've got my website and I've got a newsletter on my website that I send out new work to. And uh, Instagram is the best place to find me. And, and I'm doing Q&As there. Uh, I'm showing new work. Uh, I'm showing behind the scenes stuff. And it's a great place to kind of see what I do. Awesome. I'm going to leave all those links in the show notes. So make sure to check out Jesse's work. Jesse, I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, geez. Uh, longevity is the thing I'd like to achieve. I, I'd like to, I want to keep doing what I'm doing for as long as I can. And it's rare to become, to have this be able to be your career, what I do. And it's even rarer for this to be able to be your career life. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I honestly can't think of a lot of photographers. I, I mean, the ones that are super, super famous are the ones that have been able to shoot until they, in 
till they've passed away. And uh, you'd be amazed at how many amazing photographers just end up stop doing it because it's a really hard game. It's a really, it's a really hard job to do as you get older. Um, and it's a, it's a young person's game. And so if I, if I could have one goal, it would be longevity to be able to do this as long as possible. That's a great goal. I wish you all the best with it. You're, you know, you, you, the theme of this episode was perseverance and you have persevered so much in your life and you've experienced so many things as a photographer. So I'm sure that you'll be able to keep this up for a very long time. And yeah, I have no doubt about that. I hope so. I, I mean, I definitely have a work ethic. So it's just, it's just a matter of, of continuing to, uh, to want it and continue to make great work and continuing to have opportunities. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll, I'll be doing it for quite a while. Absolutely. Yes, I'm sure you will be. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I learned a lot about celebrity portrait photography from you, and I'm sure the listeners did as well. I wish you the very best with your journey, and I really look forward to seeing all the photos you take in the future. Thank you. It was awesome to be a part of it. I love, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you so much. The Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. As I said several times in this interview, perseverance was the theme of this episode, and it's very important. It's important for us to be able to persist, especially when we face obstacles that we're not used to facing. And if you're a beginner photographer especially, I think it's very important to keep trying different approaches if something doesn't work and keep experimenting with different techniques. Eventually, you'll get to a certain result that will either teach you something new or inspire you to reach new heights. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.